everybody. Uh, you're listening to so many sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. You're... I'm Garrett. I'm not. Just don't even. Just don't acknowledge it. And I am Phil no David. Um, today on the show is a very special episode. I'm gonna take my headphones off. Oh snap! Turn oh, my headphones off. Uh, you know it's gotten serious. Watch out! We got a badass over here. Uh, this week cash. on a very special episode of So Many Sequels. You're getting two episodes this week. You're getting uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. We already did that. Yep. That already happened. That already passed. Yep. And next we're doing our end of the year review. Oh is what's God. happening right now. Oh boy! Yep, yep, so yep. we're gonna talk about our favorite movies of the year. Probably our probably our top ten movies of the year. Sequels, not sequels, whatever. Doesn't matter. This is no sequels don't apply to this show. We'll also talk about maybe some of our least favorite movies of the year. Some honorable mentions. Some surprises. Just kind of reflecting on 2019. In cinema, mm-hmm. or in not cinema, if you're Martin Scorsese. Yeah, instrument in the streaming world too. So I think, um, David, you had you told you told us that you had a bit of a, a structure laid out. Oh, did you actually do that? Oh, I, well. So I thought we we could start with our favorites, but if you'd rather, we <laughs> start with our bottom of the barrel. Um, no, nah, let's start with our favorites. I think it's better to start on All a positive right. note. I'm very so excited. So I think the best way to do this. Is um, we'll go around. Mm-hmm. We'll start at ten. I think that's how we did it last year. And um, we'll all start at number ten. We'll all start at number ten now. And then nine, and then eight, and so on. The one thing I don't remember is so let's say, let's say at number ten I pick Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. and everyone else has Avengers Endgame at other points in their list. Mm-hmm. Do we talk about it when it comes up first? Yeah, let's talk about it when it comes up first because like okay. get, don't hold back your opinions because that will just make it longer, and we've okay. got a lot. So if it, if a movie comes up, talk about it then. Talk about it then, and then if it comes back, then you just say, "And my number whatever well, is this." this. So don't tell us where it is on your list. Yeah, right. just say that's on my list later. But we'll go ahead and talk about it. Right. Okay. And that will help keep us on track. Yeah, I think so. And because I think last time there were, I think it was a long episode last time, and yeah. there were several moments where it was like, "Well, I'll talk about it later." And we'll just talk about it now. Yep, we'll just talk about it now. Okay, so I guess I will start with my number ten. Um, uh, so. Pr- Gotta, I gotta disclaim all this stuff. This is so hard to make a top ten list of anything. Right. They're really not helpful. No. But they're fun. <laughs> they are fun. They're not helpful, though. Like, any, you know, this is the time of year everybody puts out their top ten lists of whatever they like, and it's like, I don't think that's right. Well, yeah. it's right for that person. So yeah. keep in mind that these are our favorites it's- in our order. And sometimes I don't even agree with my choices. Yeah. It's a little extra this year. People are putting out, like, top ten of the decade stuff Right, like I that. can't so do that. That's it's too kinda much. Like, it's kind of like just... Go with your feelings. Yeah. So understand that I, can, no judgment I could make a case for any of these movies to be at a different position. I'm sure you all are the same. Oh, yeah. And um, it's like splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's not much difference between number one and number ten. All of my number ten are four and a half or, more, or, or higher. Go. That said, my number ten is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, did anyone else have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on their list? It is not... In my top ten, it did not make your top ten, but it did make yours. Did it didn't make yours? It did not. And like wow. again, going back, it's it's really this year has been. There have been so many good movies out this year that when I look at my list and I go, "How is how is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood not my top ten? And then I look at it and I go, I, "I yeah, I get it. Okay, so, I I have seen almost exclusively good to good to great movies this year, uh, <coughs> and. Uh, uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is actually towards the bottom. You don't of love my Once Upon a Time. We I don't like. It's it. going to be interesting. I really actually we can talk about it right now. But I don't well, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You don't even like it. 
I wouldn't say I loved it. No, I think it but is. You I like it. I think it's well done. Right. I think. I think. I think it's not amateurish in any way. I just found it to be very dull. So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is Quentin Tarantino's latest film that is set in the uh, in Hollywood in the '60s mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, budding Manson family murders kind mm-hmm. of bubbling in the background. Right. We have uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a famous TV star who is kind of hit his peak in his career. Uh, Brad Pitt is his stuntman. stuntman, and Margot Robbie is... is uh, he's playing Sharon Tate. He's playing Sharon Tate. So that's, like, I really can't... I mean, that's that's the plot. Yeah, well, <laughs> They exist. That's a, Yeah, that is the plot, because nothing actually happens. Well, I mean... Um, that's not true, but, that's, but, not but that's, that's absolutely... Nothing. You're the only one all in that, this that all happens, that, and you're all wrong. That, all that fascinating uh, potential there for, like, a really, really interesting story... Was executed well, and it would be a great no, story. No, no, no. Here's what... Basically, what we got to see was we got to see... A great story. We got to see Quentin Tarantino's spank bank of Margot Robbie's feet for half the movie. It was... Dumb. <laughs> nothing happened. All the stuff you liked didn't build to nothing. It did though. But it built to fi- the final moments of the movie are, you know, pretty classic Tarantino stuff, and it's really in it, and, it, and, it, and it's kind of what you expect from this type of movie. But it just took way too long to get there for me. I'll fight anybody. Did you go in thinking that this movie was about Sharon Tate? I went in thinking That's this where movie was going to be about something <laughs> Quentin Tarantino did. If if you think that this movie's movie supposed was, to be about Sharon Tate, you're wrong. I didn't wrong. think that at all. I because thought it was going to be about Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad point. Pitt being badasses, and they were they're actors. not. What do you think by act- they're actors? What do you, th- what you do think? They're going to be like secret spies? No, but I thought they were going to be like kick-ass dudes. They were. No, yeah. they weren't. Brad Pitt especially was a kick-ass dude in that like, movie. Like there is great. There's there's good stuff in it. There's there's good acting in it. I love honestly. I would have rather seen Tarantino make the fake movie that was being made in this movie than this movie. The one with Timothy Oliphant and Leonardo DiCaprio being cowboys in the Old West. That was a kick-ass looking movie. Unfortunately, I had to watch all the other parts of this one where we were just watching Sharon Tate. It's amazing. Literally walk around, not do nothing. It's it's shocking how wrong a person can be. I mean, it's Uh, well acted. You know, I thought Margot Robbie's feet were great in this movie. Margot Robbie, again, not the focus of this movie. People get hung up on Margot Robbie. In she this is movie, the focus. I, of this no, movie. she's not. She is she's the central the focus. Fo- of she this is movie. the she is the pivotal point. She is not the focus of this movie. Well, the focus of the movie is on the focus of this movie is on Leonardo DiCaprio and his journey and his boring. That journey. is not. The point, like Margot Robbie, is not the focus of this movie, and that's but why she's you don't like the focus it. of what the story is about. Doesn't the focus matter. of the movie builds to the idea that this woman got murdered by people who yes. follow Charles Manson. Yes, and so that doesn't end up even happening in the movie. Exactly, that and that's the point of the movie. The whole yeah. point of her is a misdirect because you think that's what's going to happen, and then it doesn't. That is the point of what happens. Yeah. Like, she is yeah. not the story that's being told. But Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio are the story that's being told. Then focus not, on them. They do. They don't. Come all they do. All they do in this movie for ten minutes. Jack nothing for the whole movie. Margot Robbie's in this movie for ten minutes. How can yeah. you tell me that she is the Boring. focus of the movie? Because it was the longest ten minutes of all time, man. Oh. You're wrong. So long. <laughs> you have a completely wrong focus look, on this look, movie. Look, they could have cut out 45 minutes in the middle of this movie, and it probably would have. I probably would have liked it better. But we had to watch uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, you know, Brad Pitt's character embarrass uh, Bruce Lee for like what felt like 24 minutes of this movie for some reason. I don't know what that point served, other than to be like, hey, Brad Pitt got kicked off a set a while, or Brad Pitt's character got kicked off set a while back because he embarrassed Bruce Lee, and now we got to, you know, and it's like it doesn't matter, like. It's, there's good acting in the movie. There's interesting ideas. 
but it's just like watching two guys do basically nothing until the story finally shows up at their door. Like, finally, we get to, like, the interesting thing that could happen. And Brad Pitt even stumbles upon the Manson family. And they take 40 minutes for him to, like, basically have a minor confrontation with some people. I don't know. Wow, you need to leave. I'm sorry. You're wrong. I like Django and Chaney and Glorious Masters a lot better. I'm sorry you're wrong. I like Pulp Fiction better. I think this is one of his weaker movies. This is off to a great start. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so you're the one that brought it up. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's dope. It's fresh. It's cool. I like that version of Hollywood that is presented. I just like living in the world. I enjoyed being in that world for a while. Um... You're like the film aficionado. What I got nothing want? else to say because y'all already yelled about all of it. <laughs> well, so once upon a time, Spider Man. Once upon Harry a time, Harry Osborn. <laughs> the movie's a lot like Jaws and The Dark Knight. <laughs> so, what do you have to say about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It's in your top ten. That hasn't been said. Yeah, it's in yours. You have to come up to the table too. Just don't tell us where it is yet. Okay. <clears throat> so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of those movies that. In the beginning, I was very confused about, but I will say it has stuck with me because it was released in what July, I think. Yeah, it was July, or August, sometime over the summer. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was released in the summertime. I and, and it's it's always been one of those movies where like you know at at the beginning I didn't like it. I did not like the like I, I wouldn't say that I didn't love the movie. I kind of liked it, but I was still trying to figure it out. But I kept thinking about it more and more and more. I thought about it for days. And you know why yeah. that is? And, and like, and like, no one wants to hear it. Like, and like, I just—it's it, one of those movies where I just like—it was one of those movies that just—it just stuck with me. You yeah. know, and and movies movies that do that, I have a lot of respect for. Yeah. And but go ahead, let him get his joke <laughs> out. No, it's just it stuck with you because you were still waiting for something to happen. There it is. There's no inciting incident to this movie. It never gets to that point. But, yeah, it is on my list. Uh, Don't say it. I won't tell you where yet. He was about to. I won't tell you where yet. How many times did you see it? You. I saw it once. That was enough. So, for me, I'm... I'm still on season one right now. You borrowed if you want. As back and forth as we were... I also didn't like it the first time I saw yeah. it. And then I went, because of the of I thought that it was going to be a different story. Mm. And when I went and saw it again, and I understood what the actual story of the movie was supposed mm. to be about, yeah. then I was like, oh, this is, I was wrong. Right. That's not the story. I, yeah. you, we talked about projecting our own thoughts on on movies of what they're supposed to be. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, expect, I expect, you know, there'd be an exciting incident. In which our characters no. are forced into action. I'm not going to get into it And then those characters have to wrong. go through David's series wrong. of struggles that then lead and to an eventual climax. And it does. And then a resolution. And it But did. there's never an exciting incident. There was. No, what's the inciting incident in that movie? The end. What puts the, what puts the characters into action in the movie? Nothing. If the inciting incident is some guy comes up and says, I have an acting job for you, that's hardly something that's going to generate excitement as we go forward into the movie. Moving on from David's wrong opinion. Is there anything Look, else? Maybe that somebody if I, else is, no, if no, I watch you're it done, again, you're done, we're moving maybe on. if I get Tarantino's commentary and no. he tells me what exactly is supposed to be. You can be wrong so else. Let's, uh, we'll just go around the table to <laughs> David. Why don't you tell us well, your number 10? You okay, we'll go clockwise. Uh, Toy Story 4 is my number 10. Okay. Anybody I'm else? good with that. It's on my list, yeah. It is on my list. It's not on mine. It's crazy, right? You would think that this movie that has been a part of our lives, basically our entire life, uh, would be up there. And 
you know, it, it. I was a resistor on this movie. You were. Um, you can go back and listen to our Toy Story 4 episode that we did earlier this year. Um, but this movie is very good. I still, I think, I think there's a line that, in my review, that says, 1 through 3 is a perfect series and this is like an epilogue where I, I didn't fight you every time. I didn't need it. That's what I said. I didn't need it. I wanted to fight you then. I'm Why glad. I'm glad that it exists, uh, but I don't need it. It's not a, a movie that I need. I'm glad that it's here, mm-hmm. and I think they do a great job with telling this story, um, giving Bo Peep her story arc is a, a really good story. Um, letting Woody go off into the sunset is is good but again I, it's not something that I needed but I'm glad I have it it's good enough to be in my top 10 it's not in yours I just want to point that out yeah, uh, was... no but it's still I still rate it much higher than you I have what four is... and a half I have five oh, well. what is uh, did you say it was in your top 10 it is in my top 10 I think it's a perfect movie yeah no it's um... I, there's just uh, 16 more perfect movies ahead of it <laughs> on my list I was... it's number 17 for wow me. I was uh, I was in th- I was very enthralled by Toy Story Four. Mm-hmm. Mainly, uh, the one thing that the, the one thing that kept going through my mind was like I th- keep thinking back about the first Toy Story and this Toy Story and how much the animation has progressed. Mm-hmm. There were parts in that movie where I'm like, man, it's animated. It looks incredibly good for being animated. Yeah, it's great animation. And the the animation the animation as well as the story is very top notch. And I, I will admit, I, like, there's there was really nothing wrong with Toy Story. Whenever I, whenever Toy Story four, whenever it came out, and I'm like, man, this is this is a great film. This is they did an incredibly good job with this. Yep. So it could win the Oscar next year for best animated. That or Frozen. That's too, my. I that that's one of the reasons I have it ranked in my top ten. This is the best animated movie of the year. Um, in both story and uh, and uh, animation quality, it's uh, just uh, gorgeous to look at and um, really cool. So yeah, I, I, I rank it very, I rank it highly on that merit alone of being, in my opinion, the best animated movie this year. Okay, Andrew, what is your number ten? My number ten is Apollo Eleven. Oh, oh nice, the documentary nice, nice. Apollo Eleven. Very cool. I, That's not in my top ten. Um, it's 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 not in my top ten, but I, it's on my it's number twenty eight for me. I, I want to. I want my top doc. I want to. Yeah, no, I wanted to put that Best in doc because I loved how well the movie was made, and I loved how how even though you know it's going to happen, it's still kind of puts you on the edge of your seat. It's extremely cool. It's extremely. It's, cool. It's presented like a like a narrative film because there's not. Um, your traditional documentary interviews in it. Mm-hmm. It is edited together with original mm-hmm. footage from the mission as a film. Yeah, progressing through the mission. Like, yeah. it's super cool. Is there narration? Uh, no. very little. I think there's maybe one or two parts, but it's mostly it's mostly just audio from the from the what you're seeing, like well, what, like what they're describing. And the other and the thing about Apollo Eleven is the thing about Apollo Eleven is is that I had never seen. The, the only thing you, the only thing you know about Apollo Eleven, he didn't know astronauts existed. Is, <laughs> the only thing you know about Apollo Eleven is is that when is the moon landing. That's it. That's uh-huh. the only footage we've seen. The fact that we get to see all this other footage, you know, with uh, with the uh, the ship landing on the moon, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah, like yeah, there's I, a lot of footage that. I don't know that had been seen before. Yeah, and I think I think that's what I love most about this. I was completely, 
I was completely like entranced watching this movie. Well, and it created a lot of anxiety for me. So like the you know you're this is when nineteen sixty nine um, the the <clears> launch <throat> I was anxious because I feel like there was some issues that they weren't confident in and and the whole build up to it launching was like oh my god is this going to work even though you know it's going to work because history um, the landing of the move or of the of the movie of the shuttle on the moon watching that perspective and seeing them and, and them cut back and forth was just so like what's going to happen even though I already know what's going to happen it was it was uh, it was as much of a movie feeling as it could be yep. knowing what history is it was it was a mm-hmm. weird experience yep I think we might see Apollo 11 at the Oscars as well in best documentary feature yeah I might have to try to see it you should check it out you uh, really should it sounds I, pretty cool I, you can also borrow that from me well maybe I will <laughs> I'll have to find it, but yeah, I got it. Uh, David, what's your number 10? My number 10 is Zombieland Double Tap. Okay, okay, okay. Really, is, I'm assuming that's not in anybody else's top 10. Uh, no. It's but, close. Uh, I really enjoyed Zombieland Double it's Tap as a movie 20. that I've been waiting a long time to see, so I really got a, I really had a fun kick out of it. Um, it was one of my it was <coughs> one of my favorite comedies of the year, and so I, uh, I really like, I, uh, I don't know, there's not much to say um, other than... Go listen to our Zombieland Double Tap review. That's true. We already reviewed it. And uh, you can hear our full review there to hear what we thought about it. But I, uh, it made it into the top ten for me. I'm very excited because when we did our ha- our, our, our midway year review, I had seen uh, ten movies. <laughs> and so uh, I'm glad to say that I was able to pick it up in the last half of the year. And I've uh, my list is uh, official at 30. Nice. I was going to try to see one more this, uh, this, uh, this, this afternoon, but I didn't have time. What's great and kind of surprising about Zombieland Double Tap is how much it uh, kind of focuses on the the family structure that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think it's easy for a sequel to, to really hit a home run after 10 years. Mm-hmm. But this one did to me. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I think it... Ah! I don't want to go out saying hyperboles. I've only, I, did, I haven't seen it more than once. But I think it's just as good as the first in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see... A movie that's not just like it could easily have just been more jokes and more intense zombie kills but it's so much more about how they've grown as a family unit in the decade yeah. since we last saw them and how even that history they have doesn't stop their instincts to run it's cool no yeah, yeah we talked i think we we talked about it in the show a little bit it's the two movies are kind of like by coincidence just set in, no, maybe not by coincidence, but they're just set in a world full of zombies. But the stories are actually very, very relatable and very human. You know, the first movie is kind of like a road trip movie in a zombie apocalypse. And this one's kind of a family story in a zombie apocalypse. Like the zombies aren't like the aren't as much the focus of the movie as a traditional zombie film. So yeah, so, yeah great movie. Great movie. Your number nine. My number nine is uh, Knives Out. Knives Out. Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. This is on my top ten list, too. Okay. Anyone else? It didn't make mine, but only barely. It didn't? No. It, listen. It's there, a it is so like hard for, for me to make this list. Like, all of my top 20, essentially, could be a top ten. It's yeah. so damn difficult. I think it's like 11. Well, I, I said 30. How many do you guys have on your movie list? 70. You one. got 71. <coughs> You got something around that. You got like 68. I have 70. 70. So, I mean, like, making a top 10 list is a lot harder for you. Yeah. I have essentially a top 30. It's 11, and it's a tough 11. Is it on your list? Uh, no. Oh, my gosh. 
gosh. I'm, so, I'm honestly stunned that Knives Out only made two of our lists. Knives Out is one of my uh, favorite movies of the year, and I'm just going to say this right now. Knives Out, I think, is one of my uh, is in the top conversation for one of my more favorite movies ever. It doesn't mean I, I didn't like it. No, I know. I just really I, thought uh, that that was going to be a ringer for yeah, everyone's top ten. I super enjoyed it. We, yep. we haven't ever talked about it on the show. It's a murder mystery. Yep. In a modern world with from Star Wars masterpiece director Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, who also directed Looper. Uh, so he did also. That's why I like to give context to that because yeah. people who love Looper always end up hating the Last Jedi, yeah. and the people who like love the Last Jedi don't like Looper. It's Same. always crazy like to Looper. see. Yeah. But it's so fun. It's, Daniel Craig is terrific in yep. it. Um, yes. uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Anna Armas. Armas. Yes, she's fantastic. Breakout star. Uh, everybody in this movie is. So entertaining. Chris Evans mm-hmm. is back. And honestly, a lot of people are like, oh, it's so weird to see him play kind of a dick. And I was like, did you watch any Chris Evans movie prior to him being Captain America? Yeah, y'all ever That's... seen a little movie called Scott Pilgrim vs. Scott the Pilgrim vs. The World? <laughs> he's a major butthead. The human, when he's the human, Johnny Storm is a dick. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, not another teen movie. That's the one I knew Andrew would have, would recognize him from. Yep. Uh, the, the Losers. Anything where, you know, and even uh, a great movie like uh, like Gifted. Mm-hmm. Right, that came out a few years ago. He's not like a he's not like a total dick, but he's kind of like a slacker guy. Right. Like, like he's totally capable of playing that type of role, and it works so well. Um, can't say enough about it. I just love the whole aesthetic of it. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's, murder mysteries are just a fun movie genre. Uh, I hope that they kind of start to come back now. Uh, yeah, we've I got. Mean, I yes. mean, we had we had uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. We had. I'm gonna ca- I'm gonna count it. We had Murder Mystery on Netflix with Jennifer Aniston. Oh, that's on my. Out. I saw that. And we have Knives Out now, yep. which Knives Out just passed 100 million dollars at the box office, which is huge. Yes. For an original property to do, mm-hmm. so hopefully There's... we get like a whole Benoit Blanc universe. That's what I was. That like I'm so torn whether or not I want that or not. I know. Oh, yeah, for you sure. almost like, don't because do. like why ruin perfection? Exactly. And there's always that idea of like you know you make a sequel and it's just going to be diminishing returns. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. But at the same time, now, it's such a cool. It is. I think you treat it like a, you treat it like an anthology. Yeah, like, you're, like they're doing with um, Agatha Christie's right. uh, Murder on the Orient Express in 2020. There's a something on the on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Yeah, yeah, Death on the Nile is coming out, and that is a, a another murder mystery based on that same uh, character. All the, you know, all the characters are new, but one character is the constant. Yeah, you know, you and make Benoit Blanc your constant. Yeah. yeah. Now I won't spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen it yet, but I, I my one hang up on it is I thought the identity of the killer was too obvious. Yes. I wanted a little more mystery. However, the journey was enough fun that I didn't oh, yeah. care at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. But but my one hang-up was I was not even the, the tiniest bit surprised it when did. it was revealed. Well, it, it, was really it does a great job of giving you information. Like we talked about when we talked about Last Jedi, or uh, talking about Rise of Skywalker, they give you information, and then they change the context of what that information means later. They do. And, they, and that, that's I've so not gotten to see well. it again yet, but I have heard that you see a lot more things on a second viewing that you mm-hmm. missed the first time. That there's a lot more clues and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So that's Knives Out. My number nine. What's your number nine? My number nine is Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, that's my number nine as well. Yay. Wow. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. A lot of fun. Um, it was great. It, uh, Tom Holland is our best Spider-Man. <coughs> Thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> it's just so... He has breathed yeah. so much life into a franchise that I just... It had been... Uh, let's be honest, it had been overdone. Um, the Tobey Maguire movies, the Andrew Garfield movies. Um, it was just... Yeah, are we really going to get another Spider-Man 
what are they going to do? And and they did a really good job breathing life and, and giving it to Marvel and letting them run with it. Um, he's great. Jake Gyllenhaal's pretty good. He's not my favorite villain, but um, the movie itself is just so much fun. And the awkward teen romance between Peter and Mary Jane is just wonderfully cringy. Like, <laughs> it's just an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Andrew, is it on your top ten? No. Well, it's a... Uh... What do you think? What do you think about it? Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yes, no. I love. No, so, just uh, sorry, you know. my, my battery's about to die. No, the upside. Yeah, we're talking about Spider-Man: Far From Home. Do you have any thoughts in general? Uh, I love Spider-Man: Far From Home. It's not in my top ten. Mm-hmm. It's in my top twenty, though. Okay. So, I I I enjoyed it just as much. It's I enjoyed it just as much as I do any other Marvel movie. So. Mm-hmm. They're fun. I had a lot of fun with it. It's uh, Spider Man is always one of them, has always been one of my more favorite fictional characters. Um, I think Tom Holland has a real youthful like innocence, and it just makes you believe that uh, it makes I, he just seems so genuine. And I love introducing uh, Nick Fury into it. I love more that you know we get some more Happy Hogan uh, stuff and his relationship with Aunt May now. Yep. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff going on in the movie. And I love that they took him out of New York and they said, you know, hey, you know, we've seen Spider-Man in New York now tons of times. We've seen Spider-Man in different settings. Let's send Spider-Man to places where we've never seen Spider-Man before. And so they took a few chances, did some different stuff. I really like Mysterio. Um, The thing is, we all, yeah, we all knew he was going to be a bad guy because, I mean... I'd be careful with that because I think casual moviegoers don't. Maybe not. And I was was going to say, I think it's a really good twist for casual moviegoers. It takes one Google to find out, you know, about the character's backstory. But I think the real success of that movie was how well they incorporated him being a uh, uh, it being it being a, a twist for Peter. You know, they did a they they the relationship they forged between the villain and the hero really made it feel mm-hmm. like an antagonist protagonist situation where we don't always get that. A lot of times, bad guys are just I'm bad, and the good guys, you know, oh, I'm good guy, but. The fact that those two had to spend so much time together ended up making that turn for the, you know, as, when he was a bad guy, make you go like, oh, man, but they were actually really good together. Couldn't he have just been a good guy? Why? why? Yeah. So Spider-Man was my number 16. Did not quite make my top 10, but I still liked it a lot. Uh, Andrew, what was your number nine? My number nine was The Irishman. The, the Irishman. Irishman. Yep. I did not make my top 10, mostly because I didn't see it yet. Okay. Uh, it did not make my top ten either. Yeah, I know it didn't make it. So I don't even. I was like, I don't even know where it's at on my it. list. No, I did. It's just low. Um, so go so what did you guys think about it? I haven't seen it yet. The, I thought the Irishman. <laughs> it's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's a very good movie. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're the, it's in your top ten. Well, go. The, like, it's a very good movie. It's very layered. It's very drawn out. Mm-hmm. But I, but what I like about it is is the characterization. I feel like I feel like this is this was a movie that's that's that Martin Scorsese was wanting to make for a while, and I'm happy that he made it now with the technology that we have now. Mm-hmm. To, the one thing that blew me away was how everybody was de-aged, mm-hmm. and I think that was incredible on their incredible on on. The production's part. Yeah, it's great how Marvel really set that technology up for Martin Scorsese to be able to use. So he should probably thank them. (laughs) 
pioneering that. Uh, let me tell you what, right now, I feel like that was a half joke, but there's nothing that annoys me more than the Marvel fanboys <laughs> with this on one of the greatest filmmakers to ever live. I will, like, go, go cry somewhere else. Yeah, there's... I'm not listening to it. There's a, there's sort of a, there's sort of a, 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 a gap between, like, there's people who want to, Mar- there's Marvel fanboys who want to just, like, discount, like, his entire yes, legacy. exactly. And that's stupid. And that's stupid. Stupid. Now... We've had the discussion before. We don't have to get all into it because it's about the Irishman as a movie. Yeah. Personally, I think we were all in agreement. So like, while we respect his legacy and we disagree generally with his take on what exactly defines cinema, but dudes earned his opinion. Like yes. it's that's that's the well, case. question. But what is the, how does the Irishman hold up? It was kind of the uh, uh, one that opened this whole can of worms to begin with because somebody had to ask him that question. I feel like the I feel like it held up very well, and I feel like. And I feel like it, it's take on history mm-hmm. and pretty much about how that type of life is when it comes to gangster life. Is uh, is this your new favorite Scorsese film? It's not my new. For, uh, it's not my new favorite Scorsese film, but it is. Uh, it's definitely up there with like one of the best of the decade. Sweet. You guys, you guys, you guys Just don't feel quite Scorsese the same? or like overall this <clears throat> the, overall. He's overall. 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 Yeah, it's very good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean. No one, no one gets to be shocked if it wins Best Picture next year. No, no, I won't it, be shocked. It is a favorite. I'll be a little shocked, but mostly just because there's also that pushback from like the Spielberg side of things that you know it's on Netflix, it's right. streaming. That, it's it, not that would be the one up for it. I think yeah. the one big hang up. The movie's but. good. Uh, it's long. Nothing happens uh, until like a th- three quarters of the way in. Um, Pesci. No, that's his argument for Hollywood. I know. Um, <laughs> Pesci is great. It's it's wonderful to see him come back. Uh, he he honestly his his part is a little subdued for what you would expect <laughs> Pesci to be. Quit almost dropping that back. <laughs> um, it's subdued about what you would expect from Pesci. Uh, yeah. But he he works this movie in a way where he's got this. Something about him is like he's well respected, and you know that he is, and he's earned it, and so he doesn't have to be anything more than what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacino, for me, I think stole the show. Mm-hmm. Um, him as uh, Jimmy Hoffa, yeah, right? Hoffa. Okay, I was thinking Pacino was the name coming up because <laughs> <'cause> it's <laughs> all he says. It's all he says. But he's so good yes. and just great. And honestly, I. <laughs> Again, I don't get. I think De Niro does fine, but I don't think he really shines until there's like a third of the movie left. And yeah. so, like him getting all of the attention is really interesting to me because he did not, in my opinion, stand out as much as Pesci and Pacino. Well, De Niro's a star. He is, but like still, he's what the movie's about. He just didn't do as much for me. He did a good job. Like I get all of the praise that they're getting. I just think that the structure is like Pacino and Pesci, and then he's third tier. Well, he says he stay, he's your solid constant, right? Well, I mean, that's why they give. I mean, that's what a lot of times best supporting actor can end up outshining the best act, the, the the main yeah. lead actor in a movie. It, you know, and what's crazy to me is that uh, Robert De Niro starred in two movies this year that are probably going to be nominated for best picture. Yeah, it was Irishman and uh, Joker. Oh, that's right, Joker. Yeah. Oh yeah. I never saw Joker. Don't. It's one of not was was not in the thirty. <laughs> I don't that, think you'll care for it. To be honest with you, but I don't think it's on anyone's list, so we don't need to talk well, Josh, about it. Josh, let's move on to year yes. number nine. We already talked about mine, Spider Man. Oh, so yours was Spider Man. Mine was okay. mine number nine was oh, Spider Man. Yeah. Like oh, year eight. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, year yeah, number yeah, eight. We already eight. talked about it. So my number eight yeah. is uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers. Um, 
It's, you know, a movie that had been anticipated for a long time, I think. The idea of Tom Hanks, everyone's favorite uh, movie dad, basically. <laughs> All-around good guy, squeaky clean image, portraying the, like, patron saint of television, Fred Rogers, was a big deal when we found out about it. Um, Tom is kind of in this mode in his career now where he plays real life people and this is like the ultimate I think yeah for him I can't I'm sure he will continue to play real life people he's played Walt Disney he's played um Sully Sully he's played Captain Phillips he's played someone in the post (laughs) (laughs) Ben Bradley Ben Bradley but who could he play to top, that could top someone of the nature of Honestly, Mr. Rogers? Probably a different take on Walt Disney because right. Walt Disney is the main character of that movie yeah. where he's in. Hey, how many other people but are lar- that larger than life? Stan Lee. <laughs> and, and he's got a ways to go for it. He's got a few years. Like Stan Lee. Well, I don't know. I think ILM. Unless he's playing young Stan Lee. But like, put some it's, just, it's just a great little movie. Yeah. You know, it doesn't like... It doesn't take big swings, and that doesn't it doesn't need to because it's a movie to make you feel good. I think I'll disagree. You, know, you think it takes big I swings? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't take big swings, but I think it does take a swing in that. It, I think people will go in thinking the movie is that Mister Rogers is the main character, that it's like mm-hmm. about his whole life, huh. and it's not. It's about this. Um, this uh, it's about this reporter, uh, yeah. journalist who doesn't does a profile on him for Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's really his story, and Mr. Rogers plays, um, you know, literary-wise, you could you could call him an antagonist because he's this character with a different view, uh, worldview, that comes in and completely changes how the main character, the protagonist, views the world. And it was such a I, I was worried that the movie wasn't going to be what I wanted, and it turned out to be what I needed. It was such a uh, beautiful message about forgiveness mm-hmm. and about, uh, uh, you know, taking moments to be thankful for what you have. There's a moment in the movie, it's the second most silent I've ever been in a movie theater where <clears throat> Mr. Rogers asks for a moment, of, just a moment of silence, a one minute of silence and the whole scene, the whole, everything's just quiet. And like people in the restaurant kind of seem to know what's going on so they get quiet and it's just so silent. He just like looks Oh, after a point, after about thirty seconds, he like looks out into like the camera. So he's like looking right at you, as though saying like, "Are you thinking right now about all the people in your lives that love you know love you?" And it's uh, an incredible um, connection that I think Tom is able to have with the audience that might not have worked with almost any other actor. I'm so sad, but that moment didn't affect me that way. Really, oh, That's, and everyone says that, and I don't, I can't explain it. I just. I just kept going through the movie. I was like, oh. well, I mean, it's hard to. I mean, I've seen Fred do that in real life. It's hard to, but not, it just—I don't know that. Moment a, didn't I'm, I'm, with I'm, me. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. It's. A, I, and it's, I'm not saying it shouldn't. I didn't have anything else I could do. The movie was literally right. basically paused for a moment, yeah. so that like the, the the audience has a moment to do I that. And I had to like by default. I just kind of started thinking to myself, you know, thinking about the people that love me or that I love, or like the people that care about me. It was you, know. you were being reflective, and I was probably sitting there going, "Okay, what's next? Yeah, what's next?" There's the next a moment uh, when he wins an Emmy. I don't remember. It's somewhere, sometime yeah. in the Emmys, where he does that, and they just pan out across the audience, and they're just losing it. And I did. I will always, for the forever and for always, cry when Fred Rogers is around. Like <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think it was in my top ten list last year. But um, won't you be my neighbor? 
which should have won, should have been nominated and won Best Documentary <laughs> last year, didn't. Um, that movie what a shame. ripped me to shreds. Um, not in the theater, but like when I got back in my car and thought about it and thought about how we as a humanity have let him down, I just unleashed. And <laughs> this movie had those moments too, where it's just a pure innocence of kindness. Mm-hmm. All like genuinely, this man just wants to be kind yeah. and wants everybody to be kind to one another. And, and, it's-, to, and, it, and it's not fake. Um, people have always tried to portray it as like this is you know you know there's always some skeptics. Nobody yeah. can be this kind. Nobody can be this way. He's got to have some kind of skeletons in his closet. But right. like nothing has come out, and if nothing has come out yet, I just don't see how anything could. And, in this day and age, yeah. And for someone to to be that way without any kind of like question mark by it is just genuinely pure and it hits me in my soul every time. And so this movie did that. Um, I think it depends on how you define big swings because of the fact that um, it's a movie that I think most people will think is about Mr. Rogers and it's not and it's successful. It's not a big swing because it's in the damn trailer. Right, but people what? don't pay attention. Well, that's not my fault. That's no. their fault. But it's I think the big swing big is big that it's also a little um, I called it psychedelic or I didn't call it. That's Other people call it psychedelic but there are moments where they incorporate <clears throat> his show in a way that helps tell the story and it's an interesting story point and for this yeah. movie, it really stands out as something odd. Yeah, there's... there's But a f- works. They use, like, um, uh, his show is like a framing device. He comes in, he basically... And Tom Hanks is going through the the, the characteristics of Mr. Rogers' show. Do singing the song, putting the jacket away, doing all this thing. And then he pulls out this board and he's going through it. And it's, like, at the pace of Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Here's one of my friends. Yep. This is them doing that. And he's, like, going through it bit by bit. And then finally he, like, reveals here's the story. And I love all the transitions are in miniature form. And that was uh, that was so smart and so fun. Um, so it, it's on my top ten list as yep. well, as if you couldn't tell. You and I went and saw the movie yep. together. And we talked about afterward. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. How you we walk, you walk out of that movie and it almost doesn't seem real. Because it doesn't seem possible that someone that nice could ever exist in the world. Yep. And that this world isn't made for people like Mr. Rogers, but he thrived anyway. And that's that was my key takeaway. Yep. Is that he doesn't he never belonged here mm-hmm. and no one like him does. We didn't deserve it. We him. got him anyway. And now he's gone, and we don't have any. <laughs> like, we don't. We well, don't have any. Well, I mean, the sad thing. The sad thing about Mr. He, Rogers he, is, yeah, Tom Hanks is no Mr. Rogers. No, uh, this. The no, sad, he is in this movie literally. <laughs> uh, okay, yes, go on. No, the sad thing about Mr. Rogers is, is that we didn't appreciate him very much in his time while he was here. I mean, we kind of did, but they, yeah. But I mean, we we did, and we and we were just like, eh, well, he's just a weird man. No, he was actually like that. Like that was yeah. a. I mean, he wasn't weird. I'm just saying that he like he, he's he weird was, for our how we look at society. Yeah, and it shouldn't be weird. And it's a shame that almost 20 years later, we're just now figuring out that no, he was actually he actually saw the world that way. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't he wasn't a crazy ass Navy SEAL with yeah. like with 27 kills 27 to that, that Yeah, conspiracy and, is name dropped in the movie. Yeah. yeah, and you know he you know he he wasn't just he wasn't some like, anyway, it wasn't an act. It wasn't an act. It wasn't. It wasn't it was, none of it was fake. It was actually how Fred Rogers 
like operated. Yeah. And you won't. Well, I don't know if we'll ever see somebody else like like that on TV or in media ever again. We can only hope. But we can only hope. Knock on wood. Hopefully so. But who knows? I mean, but until then, it's a shame that we didn't appreciate them then as we do now. Did that make you guys top ten? Oh yeah, it did not make my top ten. Goodness gracious! Yeah, great balls of fire. Okay, well, so then we will move on to Garrett's, Garrett's number, eight. number eight. Rocket Man. Rocket, Rocket Man. That is in my list. Uh, it used to be in my. Uh, I saw you doing some changes while we were sitting. I, here. I made some changes before we started. Yeah, I saw you. I, I made. Saw some I, I, I bumped up Toy Story four while we were talking about it. <laughs> It's still it's not hard. in my top ten, but it did jump eleven spaces. It's yeah. hard. So this movie is also I put in like the we what it's what you expect, but it's also got so many elements that aren't what you expect. But every single part of it, when you look at it, is exactly what I would expect a movie about Elton John to be. Like there are some moments where it's like out of body, trippy, weird, and I'm like, this is an interesting take on a on a biopic, but the way they do it and the way they execute it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And Taron Egerton oh, I, it just encompasses every ounce of Elton John in this movie. It's so good. And the fact that he's not getting any kind of recognition for his performance when we had the travesty that was last year... <laughs> Is mind blowing to me. He got nominated yeah, they, for Golden Globe. For they should have. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely in the conversation. I, I haven't heard a lot of people. I, did, I have. I forgot about later the in the Golden year Globe, but like, I haven't heard a ton of people talking about like Oscar stuff for him or anything like that. And maybe it's just I haven't. I'm not as in like the articles as, as you guys are. Um, I just I, I forgot about the Golden Globe, but like I, he is just <clears throat> oh so yes. good. I haven't seen it. Um, I do really want to see it. It was just, it was one of those things that fell on it during a time period where there was like six other movies that were out at the same time. You just kind of have to make your choices. And I uh, really want to see it. It kind of had me sold, not well enough for me to buy a ticket, but it had me sold when the tagline was uh, based on a true fantasy. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's yeah. great. Because then it leaves you the wiggle room to do that kind of strange stuff that they did. Um, I know there's a lot of, you know, like you said, uh, uh, sort of uh, artistic yep. uh, ways of doing certain things uh, that you don't really get in like a... Uh, straight line biopic like you might get like walk the line or something like that yeah is it in your top 10 it is in my top 10 well there you cool. go um are we moving on yeah yeah what's Unless your number you got you anything to say something add yeah I, what's your I, number eight my i'm i'm switching my list up just a little bit my number eight is once upon a time in hollywood all right so okay been we've, over already, we've already we've okay, already so been, been, pet, so well worn that David. territory what is your number my number eight, eight is a movie called Marriage Story. Oh. Okay. Okay. Marriage it's on Story. My list. Starring uh, Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. And uh, in addition to, uh, and also in there is Laura Dern. You've got uh, uh, Robert. The, uh, this movie is super fresh, so let's let's be careful with spoilers yeah. on this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, even, I won't I don't even. think Andrew has seen it, have you? Nope. Yeah. So, um, have you heard of it? I know no, it no, is. No spoils for this one. It's too fresh. It. It yeah. is. I won't spoil anything about it. I will say <clears throat> that it is uh, an emotionally uh, taxing film. Yes. Um, it is uh, pretty straightforward. There's not really like a lot of like. There's no. There's no. There's no. You know, crazy elements that come sure. out of nowhere that you don't. You know, it is just a very real, very realistic take on a couple in crisis and their their divorce. Yeah. It's a uh, does. 
I don't. I, I'd say that's a spoiler, but it's literally the first two minutes of the movie they get yeah. into that. It's not really a marriage story, <laughs> so much as a divorce story. Right. But um, you and I have both seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. No, oh, I'm sorry, Garrett saw it too. I think that they are both so incredible in the movie. Yep. I I would be perfectly happy watching both of them win Best Actor yeah. and Actress. I think that I'd I, be happy with I think my story sweeping the awards. I think that uh, it's the best acting performance I've seen uh, from individual and uh, chemistry this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really think Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are two of uh, our best young actresses. Uh, actresses. <laughs> our best young actors today yeah yeah. I really think they are both like in it for the long haul will be mainstays in like popular culture well and you think about it but I mean just look at their body of work just this right. year alone okay. I mean right. um, Kylo Ren and then you jump from that <coughs> to Marriage Story and it's such a completely different type of character and a different type of acting and they're both executed don't forget about the dead don't die flawlessly yeah he was in that too and that's That's also a completely different type of thing what's the fourth well so there's this there's a marriage story there's star wars there's um the dead don't die the dead don't die and the report oh yeah i forgot i haven't seen the report there's the report but yeah Yeah. he's all over the place and then same thing with scarlett johansson where she's been and Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story and Avengers and just the the range that they have and are able to execute with just perfection is underappreciated for those two. Yeah, and I think there's this there's this premise that there's two types of actors today. There's like blockbuster actors and there's like serious actors. I think Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are two main people, and you can include Chris Evans on this when we talked about Knives Out and. They, they, there's, there's no such thing. It's just whatever they, whatever they want to do, and whatever they get cast in, yeah. they can do it. Like you know, it just stop trying to. We need to stop trying to draw these big lines between between these type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marriage Story is they a get, great film. I recommend watching. They get that. so many great moments. This is my last thing to say about it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has her has her monologue to Lord Dern, that is really powerful and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Then they have the scene together that is memed all over Twitter. With <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then Adam Driver has this scene where he sings a Sondheim song in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and it is that to me was was one of the more like I can't look away moments mm-hmm. yeah. because it felt so raw. Mm-hmm. And Adam Driver is this person who is not known as a singer, but he can sing. Yeah, he can, quite he good. Can carry a tune, and he, he plays a Broadway director. Yeah. So to see him jump into his actor's world, a little, I don't know. It's a great movie. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll move on to number seven for me is uh, Ford v Ferrari. Ooh, I have that on my top ten as well. Okay, so we all hit one. Yep. Good. Ford v Ferrari is Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Uh, kicking ass. Movie. Yeah. Just uh, honestly, this, this is, is one. There's not much to say about it because they kind of just kick ass for two hours. This is another. And it's awesome. This is another incredible. I don't uh, even like fast cars. <laughs> this is another set of incredible acting performances. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think there's a lot of people that are going to want to walk away and just give all the credit to Christian Bale for his performance, but Matt Damon is fantastic in this. You, I mean, he, by the end of the movie, I was talking like some old Texan. Like, I was walking out going, man, we need more old Texans in movies. This is like a really, like, just, he just, he, he as a, oh gosh, I forget his first name, but Shelby. Daryl. Carol. Carol, Carol, Carol Shelby. Shelby was, uh, he was captivating every time he's on screen, and every time, and, and and if he's not on screen, probably means Christian Bale's on screen, and he's really captivating. And they, uh, it's the story of uh, 
the Ford Motor Company being convinced that they need to get into big-time European racing and challenging Ferrari to try to be a cool car brand again. Mm-hmm. And the struggle that they go through to get to that point is way more interesting than I would have thought. I'm not a car guy. I don't know crap about cars. I heard the name Carroll Shelby because I knew that there was a car called the, I'm pretty sure there's a Ford Shelby, yeah. is a model of car. Yeah. I was so fascinated, and watching this in the theater, I, if you watch this on streaming, uh, on, on in your home, net, home, however, I don't think you're going to get the same experience nope. of being in the theater with, you know, the loudspeakers and the rumble of those cars. There's a part fantastic. where there's a part where Andrew like almost <laughs> jumped out of it. No, he did jump out of his seat where one car t-bones another, and he oh. just <laughs> just in the movie theater freaks out because it's so loud. It it hits your heart. And, yeah, the chemistry between uh, Damon and Bale is great. One of the, my favorite scenes is when they fight. <laughs> they have this stupid <laughs> fight where they're throwing groceries around. They're hitting each other with bread. Yeah. Somebody punches a trash can lid. It's such and, an old man um, fight. <laughs> Christian Bale's wife just sees it, and she goes and gets a chair and just watches him. <clears throat> and then they both lay there, and she's like, do you guys want a drink? And they're like, yes. And then they just cheers each other and move on with it. Yeah. Like, their, their dynamic is great. It's it's also Ford v Ferrari is just another reason why I love writer director Jim James Mangold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. really like in the last the last few <clears throat> years, I think really since uh, since Walk the Line, he's been able to he's been he's able so to hit it. He's hmm. been able to hit it every he's single so time. Yeah. He's been able he's been able to hit it every single time mm-hmm. where his movies are just really good. Yeah, and they're really intriguing. And this is no different because he did before this. He did Logan. Yeah, the guy can take on anything. He really can take on anything, and uh, he did three ten to Yuma. He did three ten to Yuma. Uh, uh, girl interrupted. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's really done quite a quite a good <clears throat> amount of work. His repertoire is very good, and Ford v Ferrari is probably my new favorite of his. Cool. Yeah, this is a movie that for me will go into top ten of of, of the decade. Sure. You were talking about that. Uh, you were talking about what was it, Irishman before? But for me, I, it's the case for this film. All right, next number seven, Jojo Rabbit. Okay, I have that on my top ten of it. Yes, same. This movie, it's just on paper, shouldn't work. You're gonna satire Hitler, like it shouldn't work. Um, Taika Waititi as Hitler is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a sentence I don't feel comfortable saying still, but like. <laughs> He does a great job of parodying Hitler okay. and, and yeah. making him seem like this whiny, give me attention, little mm-hmm. crybaby kid in a in a very humorous way. Yeah. Uh, a little boy whose name I don't know. Uh, Jojo. Jojo. No, in the real life. Depending on the actor's name. The oh, actor. I don't know. It's his first movie. Yeah. First movie. Nominated for a Golden Globe, though. Completely stands out. Great job. Um, he's great. His best friend in the movie is so funny and great. Um, but it really gets you. There's this weird, I don't want to say too much, but there's a weird emphasis on shoes in this movie. Oh, yeah, but that, was, that, was, that was for smart effect. <laughs> well, I, smart I, if effect. You, once it gets built up, it's initially strange, and then it makes sense. Like yeah. It's like, why are they showing so many shoes? And then you realize that impact, and it's oh, yeah. like when that moment happened, it took me a second, and then I just jaw-dropped. And I was like, whoa. <clears throat> yeah. That, so, just, it was just so well done. That's, you know, that's Chekhov's gun in action. You show item, 
that item needs to have you know it needs to have some sort of significance by the end of the film. Yep. So well done. Uh, the name of the kid, by the way, I just looked at Roman Griffin Davis. Okay. Uh, this is one of his first movies, and, and he's for you know what I, an eleven year old kid. First movie holds the movie down really well. Taika Waititi, like you said, plays a hilarious version of, of a hilarious interpretation of what an eleven year old German fanatics impression of Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny, and he's he's really funny, but also. He has a moment, I won't go into exactly what happens in case people haven't watched it, he has a moment where he actually delves into kind of scary. Yeah. And I really, and I thought that was really, really powerful too. Um, this is another time where we talk about Scarlett Johansson, yep. who is fantastic in this. Yep. Sam Rockwell was hilarious. Yep. Um, I love Stephen Merchant. I'm a big fan oh, of yeah. him and his, uh, his surprise cameo. I have to say, this was one of the worst movie going experiences I've had of the year. Audience? Yeah, no, no I, well, I went to Circle Cinema mm. and I did not get there. As on time as I probably should have. So I sat in the very front row of a very small theater, mm. and I watched this movie uh, like this with my neck straight up. And uh, the movie had a lot of moments. The movie's, um, uh, I don't know, like 55% like uh, three-quarter shots where it's like somebody's waist to up. And so everybody had tiny heads for me. <laughs> they had big hands and tiny heads from my angle. Uh, but luckily, I was able to really enjoy it. Um in spite of that yeah yeah it's very it's very funny but it's also a really uh poignant message about yep. our humanity and the yeah. dangers of radicalization <clears throat> yeah that we see a lot of today so i think that is a strong message for people to see um in addition to it being funny at times yep. it's very um it's very painful i, I will and, say that i loved the ending yeah i loved how it ended and dancing with the with dancing with the song and with the quote that it had mm-hmm. and i it i remember walking out of that movie thinking man it's it shouldn't be like i've never i've never been to a movie where i've where i've laughed really late. hard <laughs> <laughs> where i've where i've laughed really hard ain't i a stinker <laughs> where i've laughed really hard and then i've like i got really sad yeah, because you won't and, cry at and, anything. And literally, just the next sad. minute. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's great. I laughed. I cried. I spilled uh, juice on my pants. It was a uh, it was an <laughs> all around A plus experience. Fantastic experience. Uh, one of the best movies of the year. All right, yeah. next number seven for Andrew. My number seven was. Let me pull it up here. <laughs> Why is it seven. not pulled up? My number six because my phone went to sleep. Oh my gosh! Everything you own goes to sleep. <laughs> Your phone's just learning My from number you. Seven. It's your iPad, your phone, you. It all just sleeps when we're busy. We learned watching you. So what's your number seven on your typewriter app? Booksmart. Booksmart. Oh, that's disturbingly low, but okay. Booksmart yeah. is uh, not in my top ten. Oh, my God. I saw it. You, did you see it? I did, I did eventually see it. And it was a really good movie. Okay. Yes. So, I, what? Booksmart, that's what you're going with. Booksmart okay. is what I'm going for my number seven because... I thought it was a great directorial debut from Olivia Wilde, and I hope she directs more movies like what this. Was that? Yeah. And I thought the char- the two characters in the lead, it, the, the two lead characters were extremely funny. Their char- their chemistry was ex- was very well done. Mm-hmm. They there was the humor is just on point. Like there's still scenes about that movie that I laugh about. Well, Man- I should hope so. Mainly mm-hmm. when they trip. Yeah, so, and the trip is funny. Yeah, and and the movie as a whole just works so incredibly well, and 
it's it's really it's it's really just the funniest movie of the year for me. So. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, suddenly, everything just started uh, loading at half the speed of crap right now. So I'm waiting for it to tell me what I thought of this movie, and it will do it. So I'll just remember. Are you gonna read your review? I was gonna. I like to see them. Uh, so Booksmart is one of my favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. It's probably in my uh, decade list if I were to make one. Okay. It is extremely funny. It is also full of heart. Um, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver are. Incredible! They have yes. great chemistry. Yes, they are uh, future stars in the making. I think. Um, I think particularly, Beanie is like a comedy icon waiting to happen, mm-hmm. and Caitlin Deaver's having a hell of a year. Oh, she's incredible! With, um, she's gotten Golden Globe nominations for Unbelievable on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the most revered movies of the year. Booksmart. Um, it just made it just made President Obama's list of favorite yep. movies of the year. That's pretty cool. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Um, it's just great. You love to see a good coming-of-age story. At least yes. I do. Yeah. And this is a stellar one. You know, it gets compared a lot to Superbad, mm-hmm. which I get, but I think is also slightly unfortunate in some yes. ways because I think this movie is a bit more powerful. Yep. Not in the sense of, like, it moves you emotionally, but in the sense of it has more meaning yeah. mm-hmm. to it. It's not just some kids trying to, like... Hook up. Hook up on, before they graduate. This yeah. is about two friends trying to figure out their futures together and apart. Well, and they're also reflecting. Yeah, reflecting and trying to figure out if they want to continue to be who they have been their their whole lives at this point. And I I feel like we all have these moments where what you're seen as in a particular setting isn't necessarily who you are. And And one of the biggest takeaways that hit me really hard in this movie is that these two people have put so much time and effort at school mm-hmm. into their studies, into doing this, and they have sacrificed social lives <coughs> and doing other fun things and, and making more friends and, and getting out and about and doing these things. And as they're approaching graduation, they realize that people were able to do both. Mm-hmm. And it surprises yeah. them as who. And so now they're on a mission to be like, we want to show people who we really are. Yeah. We're not these just we studious nerds that are out, that are outcasts that people think are, are, are nerdy. Right. We're fun and social, and, and that message of trying to go through that and figure out how to do that is just really good. And, and I can I compare it a lot to Superbad only because nobody went and saw this damn movie, and yeah. I was like, do you yeah. like Superbad? Go see this movie. Yeah. And that's because I was like, if, if Superbad resonates with them and I compare it to that, then maybe they'll go see it. And I yeah. just wanted people to see it. This movie is really good. Um, I felt really bad because uh, um, at the end of the movie, I said, man, this um, beanie girl is, is impressive. Um, it, she just totally looks like a female Jonah Hill, though. And then I found out she's Jonah Hill's sister. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I feel less bad about saying that because <laughs> I feel like calling any, anybody that looks like a female Jonah Hill might be a bit of a diss. <laughs> but luckily... It's a sister. Um, Caitlin Dever, I've had my eye on her for a long time. She was on this TV show, Justified, um, uh, She it, when she was uh, 13, and she was already, like, had a massive command of the, of the screen every time she was on. She's incredibly good. Um, she would follow up by being on uh, uh, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen, and then she's been getting really good roles uh, here and there. Unbelievable. We talked about this movie. She's a standout. 
I really have high hopes for her going yeah, forward. And Beanie is about to is about to play Monica Lewinsky on American Crime Story. Ooh, really? Yeah, they're going to tackle attack um, the Clinton impeachment. Personally, I found this movie to be a great coming of age story. It uh, had a lot of heart, and I really I loved the moment where they're fighting, but the <clears throat> the audio cuts out and it's just the music as yeah. it pans around them. I thought that was an incredible shot. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a little unrelatable. It just. I think it's just not, obviously, it's just not my high school experience. It's not the way I've ever lived my life. So it just kind of seemed uh, a little bit hard for me to see myself in that kind of role or, or, or to kind of empathize with their problems early on. Okay. Um, just because it was just so different. But I've had that problem with, quote unquote, high school movies my whole life is that high school and movies is nothing like high school in real life. Um, to me, all these kids like just, tearing down hallways throwing stuff all over the building making a huge mess throwing condoms full of water around the place and it's like no one's who is in charge here why are the adults um it it just seems so there's that always kind of takes me out because it just feels so unrelatable but this was in my opinion one of the uh better comedies of the year it didn't make my top 10, but that's just because I, I don't know. I just had more favorites. Cool. Like I you said. I what number we're on. Are we still on seven? We're still on yeah. seven. I Golden think we're into Andrew's numbers. Or wait. You're on, we're on your number seven. We're on my and number seven. Book smart. But we don't have to talk about my number seven very much. It's the best animated film of the year. It's Toy Story 4. Oh, perfect. Okay. So we've already covered that. So now we're on to number six, which we don't have to talk about very much for me because it was Marriage Story. Oh, Marriage Story? Don't have to talk about my number six because it's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Perfect. Andrew, what's your number six? Toy Story 4. Perfect. Oh my god, we're catching up Good, so because quickly. This is, Hang this on, is okay. a long episode. Okay, what, what, what was your number six? Was a beautiful day, you said? <laughs> yep. I'm trying to keep these all in taste so I can I can create our ultimate list of the best movies oh, of the perfect. year. Good with idea. With all the ones that we all said were in our top tens. You said what? Toy Story 4? Toy Story 4 was number six. Alright, Toy Story 4 is number six. I think my number six is one we haven't talked about. I'm so nervous. Uh, My number six... Is uh, Star Wars: Rise of the Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. You always want to add that extra. Though. I don't know. It's Return of the Jedi in my brain. Rise of Skywalker is my number six movie. Okay. Okay. Um, this okay. is a movie that uh, capped off uh, not just a trilogy, but uh, whatever you call a nine movie series. Yeah. Um, big old mess. It was epic level, <laughs> epic level scale, and uh, you know had me. Anthology. Uh, had me. Yeah. Had me. Anthology. I, I, you could look at this movie you could analyze this movie for a long time trying to pick we out did. different elements earlier yeah, we this did. week <laughs> we did. on so many sequels we did. go listen to it there go listen to our entire uh, uh, run through the sequel series yeah um, I agree it's on my list mm-hmm. I loved it you so heard that it's in your top you 10 you heard that two days ago yes okay is uh, I haven't ranked it yet. I haven't ranked Marriage Story either, so I don't know where it's going to be on my list. I am very confident it will not be in my top ten. Though. Well, what a shit. <laughs> Pretty sure it'll be in my top twenty. Well, 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 David, you and I are the best. That's all I know to say. Well, I, I mean, I, I almost from almost from a historic standpoint, I, I, I get it, it earns a few points just right. because there's so much emotional attachment to the franchise yeah, as a whole. Exactly. And I would, it would be hard to imagine it not. It'd have to be really bad. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Let's move on to your number five. We will move on to my number five, which is called Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about it some more, why don't we? Uh, Great movie. A lot of fun. Adventure. 
lightsabers. Should we talk about something we didn't talk about last week? Uh, What did we not cover? uh, Let's see. uh, What did you think about that opening where she dropped a tree on BB-8? I thought that was Oh, man. The Jedi training scene was cool. It was cool. cool. Oh, you know what we should talk about? What? How freaking great that Mark Hamill, uh, young Mark Hamill looked. Mark Hamill, young Mark Hamill. There's a brief moment. They show brief I actually gasped in the theater. I went, I did too because I did not expect to see young versions of them. I thought they'd keep those helmets on like the Mandalorian. I was blown away. Yeah, great movie. A lot of fun. So many uh, sequels a couple days ago. <laughs> my number five is uh, Ford v Ferrari. Your number Ooh, five is Ford also v five. This is speeding through. So yeah. now we're to David. Now we're down to the nitty gritty. Paste. What was your number five? Also Ford v Ferrari. Oh, sweet. That makes sense. I just have to hit paste twice. My number five is Knives Out. Okay. Knives Out was one of my favorite movies this year. Oops. Okay. So now we're to number four. Oops. Yep. My number four is Parasite. My number four is Parasite. Okay. Is it on your list? It's you on my it. list. It's not number four. Okay. You guys talk about Parasite for a while. You've not seen it. I've not seen okay. it. So, oh so talk well, about okay. horror movie, right? Of sorts. Uh, of so- yeah, no, it is of sorts, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so Parasite is... Um, I'll give a spoiler warning for this one because it's not been seen by a lot of people, mm-hmm. even though it's You've not been seen out for a while. It? Not seen it yet. Nope. Okay. Uh, but, I understand it to be trippy. Yeah, so no spoilers, which makes this very hard, and we won't be able to talk about it very long. <laughs> yeah. So Parasite is a movie about a family, two families. Two families. Who have an interesting, almost symbiotic relationship form, and that's all that can be said, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's South Korean. It is uh, South Korean. So Korean FYI, film. it's, all, it's uh, subtitled, mm-hmm. totally in South Korean. Um, and... It is. It's best if you don't know anything. Yep. Just, I just agree. go in. Um, it is a roller coaster, and it it really took me on a journey. Um, is it scary? I don't think well, it's the kind it's of not, scary no. that's going to scare you. No. Mm. It's not like the typical. It's like, a lot of tension. I will say that okay. it's, it's, it's more like a thriller than maybe. Yeah, that's yeah, really it. good. It's, it's like, more thrilling. I can think of one jump scare off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a couple, but like it is. Anybody get naked in it? I don't think so. I, there's nobody gets naked in. No, it. okay. I don't think so. It yeah. it it really is hard to talk about without yeah, spoiling yeah. much of anything, and and it's, I want people to be. I yeah. want to be as vague as I can because it really is a journey. It's yeah. it's also another one of those movies. that's clearly a commentary on the times we're living in. Today. Yeah, okay. interesting. So, yeah, from so, a, from a from a foreign perspective. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a problem that I think exists worldwide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting right, topic. I agree with that. What was your number four, Andrew? My number four, Us. Us. Oh, there we go. Man, I love this movie so much. I remember whenever I saw it back in March, whenever whenever it first came out. I'm when like, you were just a lad. When I was just a lad. <laughs> a lad, his phone was charged. Uh, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember what like. The ending, the ending of this movie stunned me so much that when I walked out, I'm like, I need to go see this movie again. Mm-hmm. I need to see it right now. And mm-hmm. I didn't go see it right right then and there, but I had to see it very soon. It is, it is so good, and I, it just cements, it's, it just cements the uh, the aspect that Jordan Peele probably is the next Hitchcock, if wow. he's not already. That's high praise. I'm just saying. It is I never got to see us. Um, I intend to see it before the year is out. I have three movies that are all on you HBO. You can borrow that one from me too. No, it's on HBO. <laughs> it's on That's HBO true. now, and uh, tend to get that watched before the year ends. I've been wanting to see it all year, but I'm a chicken. Yeah, that one will scare you. It's scary. I'm prepared to be scared. Lupita Nyong'o is 
fantastic. Amen. Um, two distinctly different performances, knocked out of the park, creepy, uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And and that's another one that didn't. It's not my top ten, but like it's just barely not. It's there are so many good movies this year that it's tough. But like, this is a fantastic movie. Agreed. My number three is. Wait, are we on me? Did we skip? Yeah, we skipped me. Sorry. Uh, my number four is Jojo Rabbit, which we've talked about. Oh. Um, really great film. Uh, okay. Might be my favorite comedy of the year. There you go. Uh, my number three is Jojo Rabbit. My number three is Booksmart. Neat. My number three is Avengers Endgame. Okay. Okay. Okay, right. okay. 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 Do you want to talk about Avengers Endgame now, or do, you, do we want? Yeah, to... we need to talk about it now. I think. Uh-huh. They, like that is how you cap off an amazing saga of the Avengers. It's just a three-hour movie, the three-hour epic, really, a three-hour epic to an already epic film, which was Avengers: Infinity War, and. They did it in such a way where it just everything is just satisfying. You don't get that's that's really how if you're gonna if you're gonna end any type of saga, end it in a satisfying way, and I think that's I think that's the best way to do it. Did they yeah. end it though? Say what? Did they end it though? They at least ended the Avengers. No, they didn't. They ended, they ended parts one of Avengers. the original Avengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended several storylines. Yeah, several storylines are are done. Um, they will move forward with the next round of Avengers, whether they're called the Avengers or the West Coast Avengers or New Avengers or whatever. Like the Avengers aren't going anywhere. But it's just going to change its focus. But, but I just I liked how they did everything in this. I think it was excuse me, fantastic movie that's been in my life for since two thousand eight. Yeah, uh, universe has been in my life since two thousand eight. Um, I when it came out, did not know who Iron Man was. Oh, I know. Uh, absolutely no idea. I thought it was an interesting choice for them to start things like that. Um, and ever since then, it's just been good movie after great movie after good movie after okay movie. Like, they don't have anything worse than just an okay movie, um, in my opinion. And if you would have told me in 2008 that you're going to be brought to uh, waterfall-like tears during a superhero movie, or, uh, superhero movie, I probably would have just laughed at you. Uh, I would have been wrong. It's one of the uh, grandest achievements. It's on my top ten list, too. It's one of the grandest achievements, I think, in cinema. And it's a... Uh, it's a, it's its own unique thing. It's, it's a climax um, to what is essentially long-form storytelling on in film. Um, stuff that you might expect to see on a TV show or, you know, something like Game of Thrones uh, where you have, like, hour-long to two-hour-long stories that interweave and connect and meet back up and separate again. And even just looking at the arcs of the characters like Tony Stark and and Captain America and how they go from their first films at the beginning of this decade, uh, so to speak, to their final points uh, after all that is incredible to see and um, and then you just look at visual effects are incredible in it the action is incredible there's not a it's it's three hours long and people thought oh three hour superhero movie that's crazy but you know they really give um, those first 25 to 30 minutes of the movie are there for sort of like the weight of of the events of Infinity War to play out um the the arc that Thor goes through in that movie, mm-hmm. um, after his 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 story in Infinity War, is one of the um, I think boldest things that's been done 
in superhero movies. So I'm glad that you picked that up because so many I've heard a lot of people say that they are really upset with the Thor arc and they don't feel like he did anything and yeah. they just really like ruined him and I just don't understand how they. I call those people right. not film. Well, you know why? To go yeah. back to Star Wars is because they did something that they didn't want them to do and so yeah. they don't like it because it's different. Yeah, I call those people not film literate. Um, They're not cinema. They uh, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 the. The reason that it's so hard for, I think, a lot of people to get it is because they literally have never seen something like that in a superhero movie. See a superhero who's going through a crisis of confidence, Mm -hmm. who became the most powerful being that he's ever become, and then to fail anyway, and to basically lose for the entire universe because he, even though he got all that power, he still lost, and to basically give up. Like, that's something we don't see in superhero movies. That was a really bold way to to tell that story. I love it so much. And um, like you said... It serves as an ending for certain characters, but it's also just the beginning for others. Yeah. Um, we're not done with this Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think that it... I, I kind of personally like that they don't really care if people don't like it or not. Like, Marvel Studios only has the properties that it has. So, like, if, it, if, if there comes a day when they're making one movie a year, you know, because, like, the, the people aren't coming to see them as much as anymore... Do they make like one new movie every two years or so, and they're just kind of keeping things going until people get interested again? That's what they'll do. They yep. Don't care. Yep. Yep. So. yep. Agreed. Agreed. Next. Oh, well, what did you say was your number three? Booksmart. Booksmart. That's <laughs> it. So my number three is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Great. My number two is Avengers Endgame. My number two is also Avengers Endgame. Putting some Avengers End Games in here. Number two is Rocket Man. Really? No, Rocket Man's your number two movie of the year. Yep. Because Rocket Man, I was blown away whenever I saw it, and I love the message that it had. And given that we just give it was just a few months after we saw the Elton John concert, um, I thought it was, I thought it encapsulated everything that like everything a good biopic should be. Uh, not I, you. You mentioned earlier about the travesty that was last year. Yep. Okay. Travesty. Travesty. And I think it is. It completely does a one eighty on that. And I think Taron Egerton does a absolutely fantastic job as Elton John. And the music in it is great. I love how they some of the songs that they redo in this film are now, like, my favorite versions of those songs. And not to mention the new song that's that's introduced in it, which is great. And if you haven't listened to I'm Gonna Love Me Again, you totally should. All right. My number two movie of the year is uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. Like we talked about, it's just a cool movie. I loved everything about it. Super awesome. Uh, my number one movie of the year is Booksmart. All right. I had a feeling that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And I know yours, too. <laughs> so and I know Garrett's, I feel like my number gonna one, one is going to be the only one that I've seen. I don't think anybody else has seen it. Not a chance. Oh, that's a shame. My number Not one movie of the year is The Farewell. Okay. The Farewell. I've heard a lot about this movie. So The Farewell. Um, I'm not, I'll talk about it. Because it's uh, it, it's actually already been a story that's been told on NPR. So, essentially, this movie centers around this uh, family, where they find out the grandmother of the family has cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it is a bit of a culture shock for Americans because in this culture, they do not tell the person who has the illness that they are dying. It is not their burden to bear. Mm. It is the family's. And so the story that this tells is of uh, Aquafina mm. is the main character. She is a Chinese-American and finds out about her grandmother and is she's having this struggle because she's mostly grown up in America her whole life. And so she's struggling because she believes we need to tell her she deserves to know, whereas the entire family is like, that's not how we do things. Mm. So they stage this wedding to get the whole family together. Mm. Um, they're not there for the wedding. They're there to give a final send-off to this grandmother, mm. uh, get the whole family together. And essentially, it's the entire family struggling with this knowledge around this grandmother who's just having a great time because she's believing that everybody's there for the wedding. It's a fascinating look at uh, different cultures, and it's heart-wrenching, it's heartbreaking, and it's fascinating because it makes you think, which one, there's no right. But I will say to this day, based on the end of the movie, this grandmother still has cancer, still alive, still has no idea, still living her life to the fullest. Wow. So it is a really fascinating movie. Aquafina is wonderful. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Sweet. Well, Andrew, what is your number one movie of the year? Because none of us have to comment on it. <laughs> my, my number one movie this year is John Travolta's classic, The Fanatic. <laughs> nope, that's not right. <laughs> Cut that part. Good one. Cut that part. One, that, was a, that was a bad joke. <laughs> so, no, no, no. For real. My, my number one movie of this year was Parasite. Okay. I oh, just, Parasite, I really? Yep, because I I thought it was very multi-layered. And I like movies that have those types of layers that are able, that are able to, like, flesh them out. And equal parts comedic, equal parts thrilling, equal parts... Um, Oh, what's the term? Uh, it makes you think. It, it thought provoking. Uh, thought provoking. Thank yeah. you. And that's all I'm going to say about that because I think Parasite is Parasite is really just an absolutely breathtaking film. And it's always Parasite. <laughs> So my number one, if you couldn't tell five minutes ago, mine is Avengers Endgame. I'll be the nerd. I don't care. You don't have It was a movie I've been waiting a long time to see, and I had a ton of fun watching it. Good. Okay. So that wraps up our favorite movies of the year. That's two votes. We have very little time for a couple more things. Uh, I was thinking maybe we could talk about a couple honorable mentions that may not have made our top ten, and then maybe a couple of the worst movies we saw this year. Some of the stinkers, as they say. Uh, you want to go? Uh, we sure. may as well just keep those yeah, same order. Yeah, we'll just keep those in the order. So uh, I will. I, I'm just gonna say mm, two of my honorable mentions right out the gate. Um, the first one is Midsummer. Mm. Is a very good movie that yeah, I really cannot like convince this. anyone to watch. To I'm too life. scared. Yep, I know. I know. Too big. Of a <laughs> I I will admit it. But it I is am too so scared. Good. Another um, incredible performance from Florence Pugh, who is coming up in the world. It's great. 
It's weird. It's great. It's weird. It's great. <laughs> and the other one is the lighthouse. Okay. With Robert mm. Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Also it weird. Is and weird great. and great. Weird and great. And if anyone out there is still thinking twice about Robert Pattinson, you should stop. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's really good. And those are my two honorable mentions. Um, Ad Astra is on my list. Ooh, I want okay. to see that so Man, bad. that is a strong performance by Brad Pitt. This it's has been like movie. there are so many good actors that have had multiple good performances this year. And this is the first time in a really long time that I feel like we've got a, a Brad Pitt leading man. And it's essentially him carrying this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Tension building, great performance. Uh, highly recommend. It's uh, it's very, very good. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember what I did at the half year. Um, Blinded by the Light. Um, fantastic movie. Uh, <coughs> incorporates Bruce Springsteen's music into this as part of the story in a way that uh, is really well done. Uh, it's co- kind of comparable to Yesterday, but I think it's a little better. Okay. Andrews, Andrew, Andrew, you got some honorable mentions? I do. Um, the first one... They have to be ones we didn't mention, by the way. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, I was going to say Blinded by the Light, but I'm going to move on to my next one, which is, it's a movie that not a lot of people have heard of called Bluebird. I saw this at the Circle Cinema Film Festival, and I was blown away by it. It just, this small little... It's right up me and David's alley. Yeah, no. It's a documentary about country music. It's a documentary about... Oh, right, right. It's a documentary... It's Kim Burns? No, it's not Kim Burns. It's a... It was made by... I can't remember the filmmaker's name, but it had so many it had so many guest stars. It had Garth Brooks, it had Taylor Swift, it had I think it had Trisha Yearwood, and it just it was so encapsulating about how about about how that program works, how they choose songwriters, and it's just it's it's like a hole in the wall, it's like a hole in the wall bar slash music hall, and they pick peop they pick like a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. throughout a whole bunch of people they pick like maybe twenty. They go through their songwriting process. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a. I've been to the to the Bluebird Cafe. It's really cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it it, it has a history of basically a lot of people have been discovered. There. Yeah, if if you can think of any, if you can think of any like country like, country music like artists, like you mentioned Taylor and Garth, they were both discovered. They were Bluebird. both discovered in there. Um, another. I'm dying to watch it. It's it's so good. Another one I just watched yesterday. That I'm gonna go ahead and put on here is Hustlers. It's yesterday. Hmm. Oh, you like Hustlers? Yes. And That's uh, Jennifer Lopez. It's Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> it's, uh, Jennifer Lopez, I think. No, no. Aquafina's not in it. Constance Wu, uh, Julia Stiles, and even um, even Cardi B and Lizzo are in it. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away by it. I thought it was, I thought it was an intriguing story. I thought the performances in it were very strong. I thought the, I thought the story they told was incredible. Um, it was an all-in-all, just a f- really fantastic. It was really a fantastic story, really. Cool. And the people who are in it are very intriguing. Cool. And, and another is, are we? Is it a two? It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you like, know what? I'm gonna move on. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, my number eleven spot was in my number top ten for a long time. Uh, it's John Wick Chapter Three. Okay. Uh, that started this year off not. Intending to ever get into John Wick, but Here thanks to are. this show, loving the Wick. Thanks to this show, Trip. I uh, started watching John Wick, and while I wasn't sold uh, necessarily super hard by the first one, two and three, man, they just ramped up the action to like an absurd degree, and I love uh, so much. It's so cool. Keanu Reeves is great. 
And um, I'm, my number 13, I'm gonna highlight something that I think I'm the only one who saw, and I'm probably the only one who cares to see, but it was really, really fantastic, and that was uh, Deadwood the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, Deadwood the movie, a, a, final, a, a, final, a final installment to the... <laughs> To the TV show that was canceled way before its time. Um, yes. After only three seasons, um, and it was a fantastic send off for a lot of the characters. It was it's a, it was kind of akin to like a, a basic TV reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen those all a thousand times before. Like, oh, we're gonna get these characters back, and it's gonna be an old family reunion. They all look older, and it's not as fun. But it worked within the context of how this this show is. Is that you know this is some of the dying days of the old west mm-hmm. so these characters are old and they've grown and you know they've grown old since we've last seen them and um one of the better uh, final lines in a movie <laughs> ever cool all right um one more i want to touch on is el camino hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. el camino not was, el camino christmas no, no not el camino christmas just el camino the follow-up movie to breaking bad yes so okay so i think now we should probably end on our Least favorite movies of the year. We are, we are, we are approaching an hour and a half of this show. Really? Yes. Wow, we <laughs> took a lot of time to get to the yes, top Yes, we did. So thanks for sticking with us. We saved the best for last. So the worst movie I saw this year by a mile, and it's not even close. I think I'm the only one who saw it. It is so unbearably bad. Is X Men Dark Phoenix? Uh, really? Oh, it is such hot garbage. It is unwatchable. So you saw you, you saw you saw sixty nine huh, movies that are better than X Men. <laughs> I Dark saw sixty nine movies that are better than uh, X Men Dark Phoenix, and that includes Cats. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies that were worse than Cats. Wow. So come keep those tweets out elsewhere because y'all ain't watching enough movies. MIB International was worse than Cats. <laughs> Garrett? Wow. My worst, the most, worst movie I saw this year, I didn't think anything could get worse than The Hustle. I was convinced that that was the worst movie I was going to see. And then I saw Black Christmas, and that movie's just absolute Ooh. terrible Ooh. trash. There's a line, my least favorite part is there's a line where uh, he's trying to play a prank, this person's trying to play some pranks on people, and he gets their attention, and they come down, and he's like practicing a line where he's like, you've been zated. Which is a frat, I guess. I don't know. Uh, they come down and he goes, what do you want? And he goes, I want you to suck a fat fart. You've been zated. <laughs> and that was the moment I should have left. And I didn't. Um, I also want to throw out there that just real quick, uh, I, uh, one of the other major disappointments I saw this year was Joker. I just, okay. wanted, I just wanted that on record. It is deeply disappointing. Yep. Andrew, least favorite and or disappointing? Um, so the two that I have are Cold Pursuit. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you mentioned that in our in our midway uh, yeah. review. If you've seen if you've seen any of the Taken <coughs> movies or really any action movie starring Liam Neeson, you've seen Cold Pursuit. And the other one that I absolutely did not like was The Lion King. Ooh, I am right there with Shots you. I do not. The, like Lion the Lion King, King. is my uh, my most disappointing movie of the year. It is the bottom of my list of 30. Wow. I uh, I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, but think about it. Like my 30 is Ad Astra. Yeah, mm. that's it's what I mean. Is like it. My, that's what I mean. I did not see what right. I would call a really bad movie this year. Right. The worst movie I saw this year was Lion King. I would call it disappointing sure. more so. That's fair. Yeah. The movie had, the movie had Beyonce and Donald Glover. Yes. Okay. These people can sing. Mm-hmm. They can sing a like the sleepiest sure. version of "Can You Feel the Love Tonight?" Absolutely. I've ever heard. 
All right, beyond it, it's just beyond me how little risk they you wanted. To talk, you talked about it last week. You thought the Rise of Skywalker was safe. <laughs> this movie was over safe. They didn't even try to do anything different with yeah, this movie. They, they and it was suffered for it. They really just it, it was the same movie. And all they really did, if they wanted to do anything different, I mean, I don't know what they could have done to make it better. They added eleven movie, minutes of a dung beetle rolling a poop across the deck. Yeah, and like the, like the we era. needed that. No. You know, um, that's that that was my problem because like I remember walking out of that thinking, yeah, I was disappointed. I'm like, man, I wish I just didn't get anything more out of that. I could I couldn't. No. It was just there was just nothing more I could nothing more I could add to it other than it was just not. It wasn't that it was just horrible. It was just not good. It's just out like a waste. It's the of time. same thing. Yeah, it's a waste of time. It was. It was incredible animation. It's one of the highest grossing movies of the year, and it's. And I'm not going to knock the hard, hard work that went into it, but from a storytelling perspective, and from a sense of making me feel like I was getting something cool, which didn't never got there. Yep. Um, one other movie I'll throw in there just because just to say something different was a movie I watched called uh, Motherless Brooklyn. This was uh, directed and written by Edward Norton, and um, I it was a passion project for him. Unfortunately, I think he was the only one who was passionate about it because <laughs> it's it's not a bad movie necessarily. If you you know if you go in with with low expectations, you probably be fine with it. Alec Baldwin's really good in it, um, but um, it just I just don't feel like there's anything special here. Okay, well, hang on before we go. I have compiled oh you the essential so many sequels okay list. So there were four movies that were on each of our list. Or excuse me, there were several movies that were on each of our list. But there were two movies that were on all four of our lists. Okay. All right. The bottom four here were on at least three. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Booksmart, Parasite, and Jojo Rabbit were on at least three of our lists each. And we're not all on the same list. The only two movies that made it on all four lists were Avengers Endgame and Ford vs. Ferrari. All right. So I Endgame think, makes sense. I'm not surprised by Ferrari, but I don't think I would have picked that at the beginning of the year, obviously. So those are those are the definitive movies of 2019 for so many sequels. Yeah, those, I mean... When, those when, two. The other ones that got two were Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Skywalker, Knives Out, Rocket Man, Spider-Man, and Marriage Story. I'm still floored about Knives Out. I I it, can't believe... I know. Did you I see cannot it? believe yeah, it's eleven. Yeah, and I it's like it. you guys just didn't have any so fun. It's skin of teeth. It's such a fun movie. It's, it's tough. Wait, to what get, else did tough. you have in your top ten? I'm gonna look at it real not quick because I kept track of it. Well, we already recapped it's our top ten. It's, it's <laughs> uh, well, you got a good top ten. <clears throat> okay, it's better than Booksmart. So that's <laughs> wait. What's better than Booksmart? Knives Out. No. By, by loads. No. Um, <laughs> le- that's it that's it for the year we're done with 2019 we'll be back in the near future so don't uh, actually you don't have to do anything you just have to stay subscribed <laughs> that's just that that's it stay subscribed tell your friends to subscribe to get our third season coming in a bit mm-hmm. we will do a uh, take a break We'll have a little bit of a break in there. We'll do an Oscars show, maybe a Golden Globes show, but we won't be back with regular episodes for a bit. So, yeah, end of February. Goodbye, March, uh, goodbye, twenty nineteen. Uh, you sucked. The movies were good. Though. The movies Honestly, were great. Yeah, the movies are some of the best I've seen. The movies were great. The year itself, maybe not great. It's yeah. You take it or leave it. Oh, uh, I should stop talking. Okay, so find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. Also on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, 
Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. (laughs) This is so many sequels. Hello, 2020.